Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I am your host, Alexis Taylor. I know that is a little bit odd to hear, and I'm not usually the one who heads off our episode, but I am actually going in alone this week. So I am so excited to be here with a amazing creator, and we're going to be going over one of his newest um works and talking about it and I am so excited but before we get into that I wanted to hurry and plug our social medias for all of you new listeners um, you would go over to our Twitter account at CMX Collective as well as our Instagram at the Comics Collective you'll be able to keep up on everything that we're doing be able to see all of mine and Dallas's shenanigans and we would absolutely love if everyone checked us out but um, since this week is a little bit abnormal and I'm alone, I have been wonderfully blessed to have the company of the amazing Kyle Starks. Kyle, that's, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, that's me. Perfect. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Nightmare things are happening. There we you go. Okay. Yeah, there's just sounds happening. What a bunch of weirdness. <laughs> Close out all of your internets is a secret. Yeah, I know. You never Everything know what's going to happen. Funny. One time I did a YouTube, and I didn't know you weren't supposed to watch things like, a live YouTube. <gasps> Any, anyway, the point is I'm a dummy. Hey, I'm Kyle Starks. <laughs> uh, the world famous Kyle Starks? No, not at all. Uh, but I'm Kyle Starks. I'm a professional comic creator. I'm a cartoonist, which means I generally write and draw my own stuff. Though I also write a bunch of things, notably uh, the Rick and Morty comic book franchise for Oni, uh, Sex Castle and Rock Candy Mountain for Image, both of which were nominated for Eisner's for Best Humor Publication, Assassination, which was my most recent project, Mars Attacks, with my best friend and peer, uh, Chris Schweitzer, who's also the artist on my newest book, The Six Psychics of Trigger yes. Skybound comes out uh, Wednesday the 9th. That's so exciting. I was going to say, I recognize his name we're definitely going to be talking about him as well yeah he's my guy <laughs> i love it i love it okay um so i guess we might as well just jump right in what do you think yeah perfect all right so my first question for you what did the creation process look like for the six sidekicks of trigger keaton wheel so as uh, I just mentioned, Chris White was my, my best friend and also sort of my virtual studio mate. Mm -hmm. He lives <laughs> uh, about 45 minutes south from me in Kentucky. Uh, it's unfortunate. Oh. Um, anyway, so uh, we will frequently go see movies together when the world existed in a way in which people went saw movies together. Uh, and the kind of the last two movies we saw were uh, Knives Out and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I say this because I know this is where uh, the suggestion I got from Chris Schweitzer was, one day Chris says to me, he says, you know, we should do a comic called The Six Sidekicks of Captain Karate. And I said, that is almost a, almost a great title. And so uh, I responded. We actually went over the name quite a bit. I think tomorrow or sometime this week, he's posting our uh, uh, our text conversation about coming up with the how we came to trigger keaton because at one point we're just like saying rapid fire saying names back and forth <laughs> yeah um, but i think he had sort of generally a different idea but i had an immediate reaction to how this would be great if we had uh, i think he thought maybe do all the sidekicks from one show where i thought it'd be really interesting to sort of go through a fake tv history of this terrible actor uh yeah. to make it a mystery um yeah, so the, that, generally the idea, the, the title sort of came from Chris, and I think the idea came from sort of the two movies we saw most recently. After, I did Assassination for Skybound before, which is ostensibly a mystery, but to be frank, it's not much of a mystery. So I think a lot was me wanting to do sort of a truer mystery mystery rather than just like a MacGuffin mystery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much the, the germs of it. You know, Chris, when we, we did Mars Attacks together and we had a great time, like we're really, like I said, we're, he's my best friend and we like working together because we sort of have strengths that balance each other and we work to each other's strengths because we know each other well. And 
Uh, Mars Attacks, I think, is a great book that you should seek out, whether you like Mars Attacks or not, because, you know, not everyone does. But it's it, it's <laughs> yeah. bigger. It's bigger than Mars Attacks. It's a great sort of story about uh, a man and his dad sort of coming to terms during the apocalypse. So, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, we wanted to work together, and this was our idea. And Skybound was at, had actually just asked me if I wanted to do something else. And so it all sort of fell together. That's awesome. I actually did want to ask you, what's it like working with a close friend? Like, I feel like that's such a different kind of concept that I feel like a lot of creators don't necessarily get to have. So, like, is it yeah. more difficult, more fun? What does it look like? I mean, I always say I think you probably have to ask them. you probably have to ask them because I'm pretty type A. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty specific about what I want, and I'm not great at collaboration. Um, but I've been pretty lucky, you know. Erica, who did Eric Henderson of Squirrel Girl fame, who drew Assassination, was my friend. We were friends before either one of us were anybody. Um, she's one of my dear friends. Um, Schweitzer is my dear friend. I'm looking back to see what else I've done. This is Schweitzer colored. He colored Rocky Andy Mountain and he colored Old Head. And then we did Mars Attacks together. Um, Mark Ellerby, who was the pretty much the series artist on Rick and Morty. I, I did not know him before, but I consider him a friend now. I've not worked. Uh, Gabo, who did Dead of Winter, is a really good friend of mine now. I've been pretty lucky um, to not really ever have to work with a stranger or work with someone whose work I didn't kind of know before. So I don't know. Um, I'm actually doing a, I'm doing two books now and the artists were sort of supplied and I'm very anxious about it. Yeah. Because it's just different than what you're used to. You know, the, the, just a difference between known commodities. Mark Ellerby had done all the backups. So I'd seen his work and mm -hmm. I knew he would do a good job when he took over being the series artist on Rick and Morty, and with Erica and Schweitzer, I've known them for forever. And Dead of Winter is like my first book, so it didn't really matter, but uh, Gabo's great. So I think, I mean, I'm, I, honestly, it's my preference because I guess there's the whole, well, what if it doesn't work out? But that's a, that's a strange fear to have in comics because it is so collaborative. Um, you know, you kind of have to pick your battles in yeah. no matter what. So at least with comics, or with friends, I mean, I know which battles are real. <laughs> yeah, you There's... know when to take things personal and not. <laughs> well, I'm not going. I better not take anything personal. True. Because we're both trying to make a thing. Like I, that seems like, I think like, I couldn't even think of it. Like you, you, the thing is, is like you know how you can talk to your friends. You know it's appropriate language. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, Schweitzer over likes to overdo things, um, which is like the magic of Schweitzer. Like if I write a six panel page, he's gonna write a nine panel page. <laughs> and and Erica would too, because and that's the thing, is like, well, you know, you could just do what I you could just do what I said, but like that's kind of what you expect from them because they're like me, I'm a cartoonist. Like I will I will gladly do a nine panel page, but I would never write for someone to do that immense amount of work. Um, but with Erica and, and Chris, you know they're going to do whatever it takes to get it done. Um, with a, with someone I don't know, and I said, I'm kind of dealing with it now. But I, keep, I see it, and maybe I think it's not as good as it should be because of who I'm used to working with, maybe. Yeah. Or just because I'm a visual creator because I've done it also, and I know what it could look like. Um, yes. So it's like probably, but also those aren't, those projects aren't as close to me either, so... I don't know. I guess the answer is I'll let you know because it's coming. It's coming where I'm working with people I don't know. And I feel like that's probably a lot of asking an editor to go in between. Uh, whereas, you know, like Erica and Schweitzer, like I see the pages before anybody. And even with Rick and Morty, too, because like I've seen it, it's like, that's great. It looks great. Like, I don't know what to do. It looks great. Uh, yeah. So far, so good. That's the answer. So far, so good. I hope it remains so far, so good. That's good. Uh, I think also Chris and Chris and Erica, who are notably very good friends of mine, I think have similar work ethics, if that's the right for like they'll do what needs to be done. Yes. Um, because they, get they it. want it to be they want it to be great. And visually, like I, it, I this is my other concern is like I've been I, you know, when I 
between Rick and Morty again, not that Mark Elby is like someone who I, he's British. He's a nice British boy. I've never hung out with him, but I work, I work <laughs> yeah. with him on 40 something issues. Um, we've interacted like a million times, but like, I, it's like, we're work for hire. I'm not going to give you more than six panels on a page unless it's just like has to be done because he's working like me, right? Like we're just doing the work. Um, and kind of the same for Erica and Chris, though I would go over because I know they understand if I put more panels in, it's because the page needs it. But the thing is with those three guys, I never really had to deeply explain what I expected in a panel. Like, I know if I say, this guy's talking to this guy, like, I don't need to get into it because I know they know visually what will look good and what will work. Uh, and with LRB, you know, what will make the joke funny. I don't need to explain, like, every little thing. And so I worry about these guys when I'm being when I'm being put with artists. Like, did I explain it enough? Did I explain it clear enough? Uh, yeah. It's like, well, we'll just find out. <laughs> Well, guess not, we'll see. Kind of, yeah, I guess on one hand, all of my friendships could be ruined, but <laughs> not so far. So far, it's working out great, and That's I like good. it. I could see that very going both ways. It could end fantastic or opposite, making it so much harder. <laughs> I think I, just like you know, any healthy relationship, you and I emphasize healthy. You know, it's yeah. Like you just, just you have to decide what. Like what's really worth digging in for? Um, I, for what, for example, like I'm, I'm very particular about my dialogue. I feel like my dialogue is what makes my work uniquely mine in many ways. Um, I do a lot of dialogue-based bits, so like cha- messing with the dialogue is will be something that I will for sure freak out about every time. If someone is breaking up panels or adding, like yeah. I'm not. That's just they're doing what they think looks best and they're better artists than I am and I trust them. So it's pretty rare that I'm like, why did you do this? <laughs> um, though it happens sometimes, Schweitzer's, Schweitzer is real good about, I listen to him and he listens to me. That's awesome. That's I feel like that's such a good work dynamic where you're able to just like really know each other and be able to, like you, like you said, like feed off of each other's strengths and know what the other expects i think that's a really awesome for sure also every every book i learned something new to try to keep chris from sort of his worst habits which are over (laughs) overdoing everything yeah and it never works but i keep i feel like each each series we do together i learn something new that's so fun i love that hey are you ready for our next question i'm ready for all the questions Perfect. Okay. Would you like to introduce each of the new characters from the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton and also give a little bit of background without, of course, giving away too much? Yeah, it's tough without giving away too much. And I think I think a lot of the fun of issue one is sort of meeting these characters. But yes. there are six sidekicks. The, the sort of the gist of Trigger Keaton is... Uh, Trigger Keaton is like, um, he's like if Chuck Norris was the worst human being alive. <laughs> if he was the worst human who ever lived and was m- tougher. So, like, Trigger <laughs> Keaton sort of, like, lives this life free of fear of any consequences for any of his actions because he's so physically dangerous um, mm-hmm. that he's a real piece of shit. And because of that, of course, he becomes an, an actor. And he, when he first starts off, he does sort of a Walker, Texas Ranger type show called mm-hmm. Martial Arts, uh, which I'm very pleased with. It's very funny, Martial Art, because he does martial arts, see? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, and, I love it. And on this on this, uh, this Walker, Texas Ranger type show, Martial Art, he has a child sidekick, because of course he does. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> and this kid's name is Tough Munson. And Tuff Munson will be played by by two actors and therefore two sidekicks. And the first one is Paul Hernandez. Paul Hernandez is just, you know, a kid who got into acting. And after a while of being on this very popular show, he kind of got tired. Or maybe his parents got tired. It's tough to say. He's just a a young man. Um, But he, he started to sort of complain about the constant barrage of personal attacks and and probably probably Keaton was a little more physical than should uh Keaton trained him to be a better martial artist because he wants the martial arts to be so real but mm-hmm. he's just a sweet little dumb kid 
anyway, so Paul Renan is like, he does this tell-all, or he gets kicked off the show, and he does this tell-all, and he never acts again, and now he's a nurse. Uh, but he was the first Tough Munson, and we kind of like do Becky from Roseanne, like he's the good, he's the good Becky, he's the good tough. Uh, but he never really <laughs> yeah. acted again. He went, it just, the tell-all sort of, sort of poisoned him to Hollywood. And he was replaced by sort of this big dumb kid, Terry Komodo. And Terry Komodo uh, would go on to be a sort of a sort of a big deal fight choreographer, um, but he is sort of a loutish, dumb brute. Um, Terry Komodo is going to, you know, I like to think I don't like to think I'm told like you know in Assassination everyone loved uh, Fuck Tarkington and Dave, um, mm-hmm. and I think I think Terry Komodo is going to be one of the characters that people really look forward to seeing because uh, he's just a big dumb lout he's just, yeah he's just he's a character i like terry a lot uh, but he is generally unlikable uh so after i'm trying to remember the order of the shows after he did we have this order there's there's years and seasons and mm-hmm. boy we did just a little like five percent more than what anyone should do for preparing for something like this so i think after that he did sidecar sidecar is basically night rider if instead of kit like the little robot brain, it was like a child's brain was put in this car somehow, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and uh, they I go on like, that. it's so dumb. They go on like these little Knight Rider adventures and the guy who did the voice, his name is, is Tad. Uh, but everyone calls him Skippy, which was the name of the car, which he hates because, you know, he's a human being and doesn't want to be, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, he no has one, his own identity. Yeah, but he doesn't though. And it sucks for poor <laughs> Tad. He's an immense coward. Um, he never really got, he did some other like voice work, but he also like his career sort of died. And and him and Paul, I think, who are sort of the, the longest out of Hollywood workers. Tad was definitely a barista now. Like he's 100% just an, like a Hollywood barista now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, those two guys are the, are the guys who've been out of acting and out of Hollywood the most. And I think they're a little bit bitter about it, but... And there are all these characters were you know tremendously traumatized in some way or another by Trigger Keaton because he's again the worst. Um, I think after Sidecar, I think Frankenstein and Frankenstein was next. Sequentially, I think Frankenstein and Frankenstein <laughs> is uh, the most beloved Trigger Keaton franchise, and it's his like first and only sort of like prestige format TV show, like high, you know, like like great film tones and, mm-hmm. and high acting. It was everyone's favorite. Uh, but uh, his, co- his co-host, his co-host, his co-star, uh, Richard Brannigan, who's an ex-football player, uh, whose wife recently committed suicide, uh, and him did not get along. Like, Trigger slept with his wife during their, <laughs> it was a whole thing. Basically, oh, Richard, boy. basically Richard Brannigan became, was, was sort of more beloved than Trigger Keaton, and he hated it. He hated that one of his sidekicks had sort of surpassed him. Um, yeah. And now he's, like, Richard Brannigan, to, uh, he's kind of like The Rock. Like, he's a guy, he used to be a pro football player, but he's made this, like, transition. Um, but in terms of, like, the Six Sidekicks universe, like, everyone loves Frankenstein and Frankenstein, but now he's making, like, terrible movies, and he hates, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't understand, like, why, why the TV was great, but the film is terrible. Uh, <laughs> But basically, he just he's really bad at avoiding bad decisions. Um, after that, there was Spaceboat 3030, which was this universe's sort of like Star Trek, but not Star Trek type show. Yes. Yeah. He plays, you know, basically Shatner on this stupid spaceboat. And they do spaceboat things. And his sidekick is um, sort of like the, the mirror opposite of him. Um, Allison St. Marie, who I think is also going to be a very popular character. Uh, Allison St. Marie is also a master of martial arts. She broke all these board records, board breaking records when she was like a little girl. She would have been on like America's Got Talent and all. We would have loved seeing her kick and flip. <laughs> and, uh, and Trigger brought her on to be this sort of alien, to be like Spock, basically, like this martial yeah. arts Spock with a stupid, who has a stupid catchphrase. And uh, she's great. She, I don't want to give away what she's doing now, but she's also been up acting. She's also got like um, cat. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, um, oh, Kyle. Like <laughs> she, she could never get any other work because people were like, "Oh, it's that alien. She's the alien." Oh yeah, like a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. There's a word for it when people see you just as one role, and of course, I'm blanking on it because it's late yeah. for me. Whatever Harry the- Potter's actor is, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, he's done great. Not <laughs> he's done great getting around that though. I don't know about. 
the other ones though, right? Probably the other ones are more worried about. Yeah. Anyway, who's the last one? So the last one is the newest one. So he hasn't been severely traumatized. He's now Trigger is on like <laughs> his, his light trauma. He's on like, <laughs> well, Trigger's mean to everybody. And I think the longer you're around him, the worse it is, but also like, we kind of like, we're doing a lot of really great back matter that gives little things away. Um, like like sidecar was canceled because um because trigger was in this like drunken car chase that ended in a car wreck when a lot of people got hurt and you can't have you can't have a car show where your lead is known now for wrecking his car <laughs> exactly uh, uh for spaceboat it, it goes bad and i don't think that he i don't think that he specifically ruined allison's life but she had made a lot of bad investments so she was kind of relying on the show so him being him being so selfish and awful did, uh, but also he's just awful and mean and you know, so they all kind of have a reason to hate him, to despise him, um, which means of course oh the new, the newest one is uh, is Miles and Miles is on like this new police procedural called Precinct Blue I hope that's right uh, it, I made it up it doesn't matter <laughs> um, and it's new so the whole thing is like this this sort of dumb actor is playing a police detective alongside an older Trigger Keaton, but when Trigger is found dead, Miles is the one who finds him. He sees all these clues. So he's the one who's like, oh, it's foul play because yeah. the police think it was suicide. And that sort of starts this whole, this whole thing starts. And yeah. then it begins. And then who it begins. killed Trigger Keaton? Ooh, <laughs> can't wait to find out. I know. I my, One of my favorite parts so far of the little bit that you sent us was the when they said, "Oh, let the real cops figure it oh, yeah. out," I was like, "Oh, oh!" Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, "No." I think that's fair. I think it's fair though, and I think that's probably what someone would say to you if you're. Oh, in, absolutely. Yeah, if you're in LA and you're like, "Now listen," like the uh, the LAPD TV yeah. show guy shows up. He's like, "I know what's going on." Like, not, no, you really don't. <laughs> I do a little bit of training, even though Miles is right that all the clues are there. Yes, all, all absolutely. The there. He was murdered. Spoilers. <laughs> Plot twist. Yes, I'm gonna tell you guys. Spoilers. <laughs> they don't at the end find out it was a set. It was a suicide. It's really a murder. <laughs> Surprise. Spoilers. I love it. Okay, next question. Um, where did you draw? I mean, you kind of slightly touched on it in the beginning, but where did you draw inspiration from for the story as a whole? Uh, for, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I'm so bad at answering. Usually, like, I have a good answer. But the thing with this book, you know, Chris sort of had this idea, and I immediately, I immediately thought, it's a mystery, and there are there are six characters, and they're from six different shows. I think like, it all sort of was immediate. And, you know, a lot of that is like, well, I think for something like a mystery, if you're thinking about doing a mystery, you're constantly, like, you're immediately looking for the parts that would fill the sort of spots for a mystery. And yeah. I, I still very much was interested in doing a mystery because assassination, again, is 100% a mystery. Um, but it's kind of a weak-ass mystery. Like, I, it's really an excuse for... <laughs> but in many ways, so is this. Like, it's really an excuse for me to do to do character work and fights and bits. and um, But, like, the mystery part is a little bit more fleshed out. Like, there are actual clues. And um, I think when you get to the end, you can go back and be like, oh, look, here's this and here's that. I guess I should have seen that. Here's a character in the background of this panel. I guess I should have noticed yeah. that. Um, in fact, Chris, Chris misdrew a panel. That was like, man, I was like, you have to fix this panel. And in any, and it, it, it's uh, all the proofs that were sent out to like stores and whatnot. It's like the panel is wrong. So, uh, but it's going to be, it's right. It's right. I know it's right. I've seen it. It's correct now. But like, that's like, <laughs> as a clue, there's an important clue in this one panel so it has to be right um but like i'm not a big mystery i'm not like a big mystery guy like i like i really like sort of uh columbo and i like sort of the usa blue sky mysteries which is like psych and monk and it's like i'm not a big mystery guy but sometimes i i, I get in these these phases where i want to do something and like i said assassination didn't quite scratch the itch and i like I like mysteries as sort of an impetus for other things to happen leading up to. Um, because you always want to know, you, like if, you, if you're in the first part of a mystery, generally you want to find out what happens at the end. Like that's, so you can sort of, to me, 
dance around a little bit and have some fun between the beginning and the end. And I really like that. Uh, I think that's the answer, right? Is that the answer? I would say so. That that felt good. All right, good. <laughs> you felt good about it? I think so. Perfect. Okay. Um, also, do you have a specific character that you feel like you connect more with from the story? Because, I mean, as the creator? I think they're, I think they're all parts of probably me and Chris in different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I think that's messed up if that's the way, for, for something like this, like this is such an ensemble, um, like to favor one over the other, I think would be messed up because it's like, <laughs> it's like paying more attention to one child than another. And yeah. I think probably, I think probably through the course of the book, see, I say that, I, I know that, I know that Miles probably gets the least attention, but it's the nature of his character. Um, he's quiet. He's the most quiet and he's the most interested in justice. Um, and those two sort of counteract each other. Um, mm -hmm. Miles probably gets the least amount of attention. Tad, Skippy gets the exact right amount of attention. <laughs> um, probably, you know, Paul and Komodo and, and Allison are sort of the stars. But I, but man, I, those other guys are so good. Who are That's only five. I can't think of who. Oh, Brannigan. Brannigan, Brannigan shows up in issue four. So by content, by issues, he gets the least amount of attention, I guess. Yeah. Um, Brandigan is, is very much the straight man. So again, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like more than the other. They're all parts of me. You know, I, I think like, like Trigger is in it. Of course he's dead. Um, he's very dead. So he's in it the <laughs> least, but, but he sort of, he sort of hangs over everyone through the whole thing. And I think it's like, you know, if, if, if we did like a, well, we do do a prequel. There's a prequel in Anthology X for, um, Six Sidekicks, I think in issue five. That's Skybound's mm -hmm. 10th anniversary, uh, which I think also starts soon, or July. I don't know. Um, they, have a, they have an anthology coming out each week for the month. And I think issue three and issue five, I have stuff in. Issue three is an assassination uh, fucking Dave story. <laughs> yeah. And, and issue five, I think, has Six Sidekicks in it. But I think Trigger is probably, like, if you, if you had to pick who you could be, I think you'd pick either Trigger or Allison. Because they're both, they both are completely fearless, and it that has to be great. Just triggers, just like the worst about it. Whereas Allison's like the opposite. Like Allison's completely carefree, like she walks around without worries or concerns, because she has nothing to fear because she's so physically capable. Whereas yeah. Trigger was very selfish and self-destructive about it because if you can do whatever you want, and there's no repercussions, like you literally don't have to care about what anyone else does. So I think like those two are like, if I'd be like, man, if I had to pick one, uh, but Trigger's dead, so I wouldn't pick him. So maybe Allison, <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. I don't know, they all, they all fun, they all good. They're all your children. You have to like them all even. I like them pretty even, but I, I can usually <laughs> tell, like Paul, like say, I was like, man, Paul's kind of like, uh, is like kind of should be round, like Ryan Reynolds-y, like real smarmy, but like charmy smarmy. Yeah. I mean, they all have they all have their own things. I think Tad's great. Like, I think Tad has some of the best scenes in the book, and they're all very cowardly. Um, with Tad, we tried to figure we, we tried to get him to say shit as many times as possible. Um, <laughs> and some issues, like it's more than others, but like that was the whole thing. They're all fun characters. You'll come. Everyone will come to love them, unless one of them yeah. kill, unless one of them's a killer. Dun dun dun. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Guess we'll never know until we read it. Not until you get to issue six. <laughs> well, there you have it. Issue six, everyone. Gotta yeah. read till then. Yeah, it's a six issue series and it's a mystery. That's how that gotta works. Get there. You gotta get there. Okay, so with those characters in mind, what was it like having to write the character and you imagining them your yourself as someone who creates art as well? What was it like having to to create those characters um, with Chris to help kind of come together to bring them to life. You know, again, usually I have a really good story about, but I feel like these characters came, like they seemed pretty automatic. 
And I think a lot of that is is because I sort of, I sort of, I want them, I want them to interact with each other a certain way. Um, I know like some things kind of bounce around, but we, I did an interview with Chris the other day and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever like having a lot of talk about character. Um, and it's because they all were sort of serving a function. So it's easier. It's, it's so funny because someone asked me, was it easier to come up with the characters for Six Sidekick, which are these fully realized characters? Um, or like Assassination, which was 50, 20, I don't remember how many characters were that. Like 20 basically, like, you know, for the most part, joke name characters. Yeah. And it's like, man, it was, I, for whatever reason, I can remember trying to figure out a lot of the characters for Assassination, but I don't remember ever having like a real hard anything about any of these characters. I know Chris, Chris, like, didn't quite understand what I was trying to do with Komodo because he's kind of a big dumb lout, but he tries to, he uses big words and speaks in a way that sort of like is feigns intellect. And I was trying to explain to him, I'm like, he's like, he's not dumb, but he's not smart, but he wants people to think he's smarter than he is. But he's also like very physical. So he's not like a thinking person. And, uh, and he's like, he's like, finally, he, like, he wears a kimono all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't make a lot of sense, but like, you know, you can see like, uh, at one point, like there's a scene, he's like, you know, he's definitely has like a, he, he definitely has like a shitty, he lives in a little shitty trailer, like, you know, right outside of town. Uh, and he, he, he's like, he's traumatized in a way that he looks up to trigger, um, but he doesn't understand how it wasn't like good parenting. Like it wasn't like trigger wasn't his, his like surrogate father. Yeah. He's just like a piece of shit. And he never really quite <laughs> understood that. Cause he's kind of a big dumb lout. That's not, but he's not dumb. He's just kind of a big dumb lout that nobody likes that he thinks everybody likes him. Anyway, he was like, so that's like, it's like it's tough, but it's like little things. He's like, well, why does he talk like this? And that's like, like, he just wants people to think he's smart. And he's like, okay, I get it. Um, but otherwise, I don't know, man. It's like they feel to me, and they're so fully realized, it's strange. But it's like, well, this was the guy that this happened to. This is how he is. Like, it just makes sense. This is So I think a lot of it was like, you know, once we, I guess once we figured out why each one would be mad, it made the characters easier. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't remember. I just came yeah. together. I don't remember ever really, really, like, for me, um, Let's pull back the curtain on the old Kyle Starks <laughs> okay. working method. If I it want the moment I sort of get the idea that's the right idea, it's everything sort of like avalanches into it. And generally, after that point, whatever day that is, um, the hangups for me are are small, sort of like logistic things, like not why is this character doing this? Or why would this character do this? Or why would it, how would this character react? Or it's always like, how can I get this character into the next room? Right? Yeah. Never what happened to this person. And, and a lot of times nothing happened to these people. They're just the way they are. But once I get the story, everything falls in so fast um, that there's not a lot of like detail stuff like that. Like it's just all part of the story. The characters act the way they do in a certain way for the sake of the story. I did a, a book last year for Free Comic Day. I did this pay what you want free comic book thing called Karate Prom. And the way that I did it, I'm doing it again right now. But the way that I did it is um, I asked all my Twitter followers, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do a comic for Free Comic Day, suggest me a title. Now Schweitzer suggested Karate Prom and that's tough to beat. And uh, Karate Prom won, cause I put it up for a vote. And I'm, I sort of immediately, I, sort of that day, I was like, oh, karate prom. I got in the shower and the whole story happened. I got it. The whole thing's there. Like there's little details that don't happen, but the big things is, you know, why these characters yeah. are doing what they want. It just kind of happens all at once. And if, if it doesn't, I'm probably not super stoked about it. And frankly, if I don't sort of work on it right then, I will lose all of that energy. Um, but there's not generally like I'm not usually having to do logistical work on characters or how they'll be funny or what their bit is. Yeah. It's always the tiniest, tiniest thing. Like, how do I get this? How do I get these people outside of this building? Which should be the easiest part. But it's like, well, you know, only certain things, only certain they'd only do it for certain reasons. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for this it was easy, and I don't know why that was. I think it's just because it was a mystery, and all the I, we knew what 
I knew what needed to happen. And you want each one to sort of be like the format of it. Just like we want each one, each one should seem like maybe a suspect at some point or another. Yeah. Maybe not Tad. Always look a little suspicious. Maybe not Tad. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not Skippy. But everybody else. A little sus. Yeah. At some point, I think there should be a part where you go, mm, maybe. Like I thought I knew who it was, but maybe not. Yeah. You That's don't know. Awesome. No one knows who it is. No one knows who I it know. is. I know. <laughs> I gave a uh, my friend Matt Kent, who's a, a big time comic book creator, who was reading Assassination, at a at Heroes Con a couple years ago, and I, he was like halfway through the book, and he was like, hey, did so-and-so do it? And I was like, yeah, so-and-so did it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Because it's not a very good mystery, and he's a story- <laughs> he's a really good storyteller, so I'm sure he saw like- He just caught that. on real yeah, quick. Yeah, it's, it's right there. I don't, I don't, it, like, someone's like, I, I knew on page one, it's like, okay, I believe you. I think for, <laughs> I think for this one, while we don't quite, like Agatha Christie sort of famously would pick whomever seemed least likely, and then she would make up the explanation of why, how it was them, like after the book was written. Yeah. And that's not how I do it. But I think like when you get to the end, you'll be like, oh yeah. And then you'll backtrack and you'll be like, yeah, it's all, it's all <laughs> With hindsight, you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. I love this type of stuff. I love the whole murder mystery. I think it's so fun. I do too. I do, I do think, I, I think with this one, because Chris is doing such a great job, I think... I'm okay with not doing a murder mystery for a little bit. <laughs> You're like, I'll let this one rest. I want to try, yeah, I want to try, some, I'm ready to try something else. Oh, what do you have in mind? Can I ask that? Or I, I'm working on a horror series right now. I can't talk about it, but I'm working on a, horror, oh, a story. Speak? No jokes are, I mean, considerably less jokes. I can't control myself in some ways, but. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I won't press too hard, so we won't talk about it, but yeah. that's awesome. I, okay. I hope it is. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. I oh, fingers crossed. I mean, I've never read uh in that genre yet because I'm kind of a pansy. But I can make some wrecks. I can make. I think the best one right now is something's killing the children. Okay. That's, that's my that's my wreck. If you want a good scary book, because it's not that scary. That's the thing. With, that's the thing with horror and comics is it's not. There's not really super scary. Yeah. You can't, you can't do a jump scare. Like there's a lot of things you just can't do. <laughs> That's true, but you can build the suspense. You know what's a good scary horror book is um, Lock and Key. Lock and Key has some like legitimately unsettling moments, I think. Really? Oh I yeah. Check that one out. Yeah, you should watch. You should read it. Did you watch the show? I haven't. No, I. You, you should read Lock and Key. I think Lock and Key is is one maybe in the debate for best horror comics. Someone who knows horror comics way better than me is going to be like, no. But, like, I think that book <laughs> actually pulls off some legitimate... Because, like, you know, I mean, it's Stephen King's kid, right? I mean, like, you can yeah. feel, like, some of the young like young kid in trouble stuff. Like, there's some legitimately unsettling stuff in that book. And I love Maxi... Or sort of Maxi series, like, you know, like 36 to 50 or... Um, and it's one of those, like, Preacher and Why the Last Man and uh, Six Gun. It's one of those books that's just like, man, I love a good Maxi series. Because they, they're crafted in a specific way that's a beginning, middle, and end. But there's a big, like, a big heaping chunk of it and room for them to sort of play around with. Lock and Key is good. The Summon Killing Zone is great. I think it's, like, Summon Killing Zone is, like, the type of thing. It's, like, it's a, it's very action-oriented horror, right? And I like that. That's awesome. I am definitely adding that to my list. Yeah, because I, but so I Lock don't know. Key is a Hall of Famer, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, I definitely have a huge list of things I need to read. And I don't know, of course, I don't know how much Dallas mentioned anything, but I actually started reading comics for this podcast. So. All right. How's that going? I am very new. It's been so fun. So busy. Mm-hmm. He's made me read a lot of Spider-Man. <laughs> with okay. the most love. But it's been really fun, and I kind of I'm kind of a clean slate for almost everything. So I've got a big list of things that people want me to read, and I will add that to the list. Lock and Key is a <laughs> Hall of Famer for sure, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll add that. Okay, next question, shall we? Ooh, ooh wee, let's go. <laughs> okay, 
Are there any particular parts that you can talk about of the story that you found were more fun to write than others? Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's tough because like the book doesn't come out yet. So there was a scene in issue two that we changed. Um, they go to trigger Keaton's will reading um, because Paul, who was the first sidekick and the most traumatized, who who did a tell all that in theory would was meant to ruin Trigger's career, but kind of did and kind of bounced off of him a little bit, I think. Um, and so he's invited, which is like, you know, why did why did this guy that they hate each other, why would he be invited to the will? Yeah. And I had this whole thing, I had this really great sort of dialogue-based sequence, but because of what needed to happen later in the book, I had to edit it all down. And it becomes just a sequence with um, Trigger Keaton's poop. <laughs> and that was sort of a late addition, and I, I like it a lot. We changed it. I had a whole thing about how this this uh, this lawyer had sort of like kept every pet she ever had, but we cut it, right? We cut this whole sequence about how she had like every stuffed animal she ever had, or every stuffed pet. So like her <laughs> office would be like this... I just thought, like, thinking, like, visually, like, how... The curious shop. Yeah, like, but how how weird it would be to see, like, every, like, beloved just on the wall. Like, some just their head. Anyway, I had all these great bits, but we cut it out. But what's funny, what's funny about it, when it comes out, it's issue two. And issue two is that for some reason, for some reason, Schweitzer still drew this office, like, full of stuffed bears. And I, like, <laughs> cut all that out. So I don't know why there's all, I don't know why there's all these stuffed bears, but... But also very funny to me. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, the poop thing was pretty funny. I like. There's a bunch <laughs> of it. We, I, I, you know, I had a. I really sincerely had a lot of fun writing this. And at first, it wasn't. Um, I don't always get along great with editorial, but I think by the end, when it's just like I'm just going to make it what I, I'm just going to do what I want, and we did. Uh, it was really a lot of fun, which is what how it should always be. Frankly, that's how it should always be. If it's not fun, if it's not fun for me, it won't be fun in the book. Um, and that goes for whatever genre it is. Like if I'm not having fun, I feel like you can oh, you can always tell because things will feel wooden. Yeah, like just, it can kind of translate. Yeah, it just feels like flat. And uh, Chris did such a great job. So even I think in any situation where maybe I was like, this is a little bit flat. Like Chris does a really great job. So, but yeah, the whole thing's fun. I really like, like, you know, the the preview that everyone gave out. Like, I, I really, when we first talked about it, knew I wanted to do this this funeral meeting between all the characters and have sort of, like, all these, like, hackneyed bullshit media. Like, like, uh, like there's a banner that says, <laughs> says heaven must have needed, like, a little more kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's so dumb, like, shit like that. But I really wanted to have that sort of first, that funeral first meeting. Like, that's fun. Like, we had fun in a lot of it. In the second issue... Uh, we talked about having a car chase, and Christian Weitzer draws a car chase like no one's business. So it's like, hey, you get how, how many pages do you want? Like, just do a car yeah. chase. Um, Let's go for it. Yeah. So it's like, there's, it's all fun. There's a lot of fun. That's awesome. I, yeah, that's I feel like answer. that's just it's fun. one of the funnest things is being able to just see on paper what you created. For sure. Most of the time. Sometimes they mess it up. <laughs> Sometimes you mess it up and you hate it. True, and then you have to. You have to say something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, so we're kind of coming to the close of our questions. I've got one more for you. Oh, I know you. We are so speedy with all of these. You've given yeah. such good answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're totally fine. I'm loving this. This is all so right. fun. Okay, so kind of to wrap it all up a little bit. What excites you the most for what's to come with the series? Um, you know, I will. I'll say that's tough. You know, I, I this is this is like what my, I, I don't know how many series I've done, but it does feel like this particular series has gotten the most buzz from my peers, and I don't know if Skybound was reaching out for these things or if people are just excited about... I. It's always been for me that my peers were the ones who seemed to like my stuff the most. Uh -huh. um, 
which is kind of understandable. They're weird. It's not, you know, serious or gritty like mainstream American comics want to be. But doing this book, you know, like I said, Skybound asked me if, if I wanted to do another series. And I was like, hey, you know, what if we did a character-driven action mystery with a bunch of morons, with a bunch of real charming dummies trying to solve a murder mystery of a celebrity that isn't a real celebrity, so no one really cares, right? And, <laughs> and there's they a all lot of hate. Yeah, they all definitely hate. But there's a lot of it, a lot of it's very character driven and dialogue driven. And I think that's sort of antithesis to what what people are most comfortable enjoying from comics. So for my peers who definitely understand and get, you know, doing something different, like I know Ch- Chips and Darcy has done a pull quote. It says very nice things. Um, just a lot of comic pros have, have reached out. Like it seems like there's a real buzz um, for the first time. I say that assassination. I thought that assassination was definitely the most attention I've had on a book, but nobody read nobody read that thing, or very few people did. <laughs> oh. um, so that's I think is it's most exciting for me for it to be like people people get it and they're excited about it because I do think it's an unusual way to tell a story in comics, but not a weird way to do it. Just not sort of your traditional. It's very character-driven, and I think yeah. people like character-driven things, and they'll even fess up to it. People love Fractions Hawkeye, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, to have six of that. Anyway, I don't know. I, that's what I think. is like We've gotten, it seems like there's some real buzz, and Chris and I both are like, I don't know if this is, like, fabricated or if it's real, but it's great, and we love it. <laughs> Give us that buzz. I, that's Give us awesome. that buzz. Everyone read my book and tell us they like it. That's what great. we want. <laughs> You're like, yes, I love to hear it. Please. But no, honestly, I've I loved what we were able to read. I cannot wait for the rest of them. I'm hooked. Yeah. I, can, I think it's so fun. I love the different personalities. Yeah. I kind of have to say that I think Trigger kind of reminds me of my dad, which scares oh. me a little. I feel yeah. like minus the punching people in the face, I think I could say that you guys have successfully drawn my dad into a cartoon character. No. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Especially... We appreciate making it. You know, like, you know, there's the whole thing. It's, it's funny because, you know, uh, not that I'm saying this is your situation, but, you know, <laughs> the, this whole thing is is it's like when, when I did Assassination, the thing that people most often said, and it's something that it's true for Rock Candy Mountain. I'm looking at my book list. It's true for Rock Candy Mountain, too, is like, they're like, man, I love, I love how this book is about friendship. Like, assassination is not about solving a murder or like violently killing your nemeses, as much as <laughs> yeah. it is about form, like finding finding your friendship family. And like, that's what this book is. It's about that. It's about dealing with trauma. It's about found families. It's just like you know, there's a lot of stupid idiots and jokes covering all. But it's really about like sort of finding finding maybe the people who help you work through the things because you all have shared experiences. So it's like, man, we probably all have, like, something like a trigger in our lives, right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Exactly. Uh, hopefully it's not, like, I mean, that guy, like, was flicking <laughs> cigarettes at children at some point. I know. In book, no. so. <laughs> it's definitely more of, like, especially with the first issue when he's, like, all decked out, like, cowboy. That's yeah. definitely my dad. Rough and tough cowboy will kick you on your butt and then tell you to get up and <laughs> tells everyone else to not help you get up yeah That's, don't do it that you was mine in dallas's childhood Woof. <laughs> his more than mine Woof. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah nothing like a good old country cowboy for your dad but i loved the characters i think they're so fun i'm so excited to see i feel like i kind of got a little bit of a cliffhanger because i didn't get i only got the first two so the first two I'll send yeah. you the ne- I'll send you the next two after after this. Ah, <gasps> I feel so anybody. special. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. I thought I, I thought I sent him the first three. People, everyone got the first three. Uh, <gasps> maybe Dallas held one. No, back. I think I maybe only sent the first two. I'll send you. I'll send you the. I'll send you the other two then. <gasps> Thank you. I'm so excited. Let's just not send them to Dallas. Yeah. No. That's a, that's your decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually I am his younger sister, so I can harass him. Of course. <laughs> but no thank you so much for hopping on with me and talking is there anything else that you 
feel like you want to say or get out into the universe about your new awesome comic that you've come out with? It comes out Wednesday and then I guess a month from that Wednesday for six more times, five more times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're awesome. we're going to have, uh, I have a backup story, like I said earlier, in uh, Skybound's 10th anniversary anthology, which I think starts in July. It comes out weekly. So uh, if you like, uh, if you like Kyle Stark's works, if you like, especially his Skybound works, uh, uh, you'll want to get three and five. I think there's a Daniel Warren Johnson story in one of them, which is awesome. It's going to be like a bunch of uh, Skybound X series that sort of get one shots. It's going to be dope. I'm very excited about that. That is uh, so fun. Everything else I have has not been announced, so I'm not allowed to talk about it. That's <laughs> super keep fun. Shut. Super fun for me when it comes time to promote things. Um, I am at the Kyle Starks on all your social medias. I have a Patreon, which is just Kyle Starks. I do a sticker club where for $5 a month, that's $5 flat. I send two pop culture stickers that I make new every month. Um, you can also get that through my store, which is kylestarks.com, which includes all these books. It also includes Old Head. I should talk about Old Head. Uh, Old Head comes out uh, from Image in August, which is uh, my new OGN. I did a Kickstarter for in 2020, right as the pandemic dropped, which is a good time to be trying to ship things out, um, which is basically this comedy action horror about legacy and destiny and male like toxic masculinity but it's mm -hmm. about an ex-NBA player fighting Dracula uh, with his <gasps> daughter. Whoa. It's good. You can still get that on my store, uh, KyleStarks.com. Don't tell anybody, along with all my other books. Uh, I have a really good deal on Rock Candy Mountain, which was I beloved. I sell it for $20. Anyway, I got stuff. That's the stuff. The, at the Kyle Starks, go check out my store. Follow me on Patreon. Get some stickers. Uh, that's all I got. We're, we're <laughs> doing six sidekicks. We're doing six sidekicks. You know, we're, we're running it hard, man. It's good. It's gonna be good. Fantastic. We're all so excited. I hope everyone is excited. I know. It's been it'll be so fun. It'll be great. I hope so. It is great. It I just hope people it is. All it we is want great. is for people to read it. <laughs> exactly. You know it's great. Now everybody else just needs to learn that it's great yeah. and read it. That's what we're doing now. You guys are gonna spread the word. Exactly. I'm so excited. We love yeah, we love being able to do the podcast where everybody gets a little more familiar with certain things. Thank you so much for hopping on here with me. Um, this has been an episode of the Comics Collective, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>